The champ is here, the champ is here I cross the line onto the other side of fear Yeah, I'm shining bright, my inner guided light It's ultraviolet, could cause blinded sight Uh, behind the mic uh, I am like Iron Mike From the free throw line, flying Mike Like a private flight, my head above the clouds If you ain't Bob growth, you will say I don't yeah, I, I said he did it on, I said, he, he, I said is that him? He's like, yeah, hell yeah I'm like, no, they supposed to introduce you, my nigga Like, he's just jumping That should be hilarious I like hearing that on podcasts Like, the guests be like, in the background They're like, nah I know they be like, no, no, no. That's my fault for not doing pre-production. But all right, here we go. Uh All right, check, check, check. Y'all tuned in to another episode of Leading Be Legendary presents the LADL podcast, which can be heard on all your favorite platforms, such as Apple Podcasts. Uh, Sometimes I have it on SoundCloud. Uh, You got Spotify, though. Spotify, which is a new uh, platform for podcasts. Now, obviously, you know, Spotify been around for a minute because of the streaming with the music. However, they have podcasts now. Make sure you check us out there, Radio Public. Where else? Uh, Anchor. Anchor FM, which we are distributing this podcast. Make sure you rate and review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Um, I've been thinking about, I'm not even going to say thinking about, but I'm going to start releasing episodes. I'm, I'm going to try to stick to this and release episodes bi-weekly on Wednesdays. Bi-weekly on Wednesdays. Y'all hold me to that. So I got to come with content. The website, www leadingbelegendary.net also my website solo name tag alexander.com we're real 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 quick promotion the work win repeat single is available now at my website as well name tag alexander.com it will actually be available on all the other platforms come june 3rd i just wanted to test it out and try it on my website first so if you want to hear it today you want to download it today make sure you go to the website name tag alexander.com now we have another special recurring guest which is what's funny because fuck it we're gonna get into it dean garcia art dealer dean the uh you know we gotta say it we gotta say it ladies and gentlemen you're listening to the first ever neo soul pastor on this episode you did it to yourself you did it to yourself (laughs) that was the first man say what up to the people what up dude what's going on y'all you're not that excited. I am You're not excited. That excited. <laughs> You're not that I am excited. excited. I've never heard you say what up, though, ever in knowing you, in the existence of knowing them, ever heard you say, like, what up, though, uh, with that much excitement. It's, well, I've been drinking instead of smoking today. And so it's, uh, it's a different feel. It's a holiday. It's a different feel. It's a holiday. Yeah. I feel you. I feel <laughs> What's you. What's going on? Our dealer Dean, the mover, the shaker behind Humble Fly, man. Give him an update of what's going on with you, man. Oh man, everything is going well, man. We just wrapped up the Urban Podcast Month live podcast, first ever silent podcast at Charles H. Wright. Yeah, shout out to yeah. uh, to the Connected Experience and Shop Talk Podcast for inviting me to be one of the presenting partners. On behalf of Humble Fly Studios, and shout out to everybody who made that shit excellent, man. Especially City Hop for coming through with the silent headphones. That shit looks yes. real sweet, man. I just posted the video on. Um, I had you know snapped some videos off the phone. I put it online. I was just saying what was so dope about. Well, one of the things because it was a lot that was dope about it. But one of the things that was dope was um, just being there and other people that was at other events at the museum, mm-hmm. like whatever they was there for. But they was they was walking past and they looking like okay, I hear people talking but i can't hear them enough to understand what's going on but they see everybody rocking the headphones so they kept stopping like this was like at the beginning of the show and then obviously i think i was sitting up by like the top step and a lot of people kept walking past like well what is this like what is going on no absolutely 
you know what I'm saying? Like that shit was just dope. Like just wondering, like, well, what is this? Like it's, this is one of the first ever silent party podcast it, events. It was super dope, man. So everybody, I don't like for everybody who missed it, right? Uh, Walk Fashion Show, which is in like its you know tenth year, I think, was on the premises uh, at the same time as a ballroom class that's been going on at the Charles H. Wright for years, and so the silent headphones really came in handy because. It was just noise everywhere. It was yeah, noise outside, it definitely it was, was. Noise inside, and so uh, for us to be able to have that intimate feel in the middle of a whole bunch of chaos going on, and still have a quality experience, you know, I think that says a lot about the silent technology, but also about the uh, about the vision uh, that people like you know AJ and SJ Jackson over at the Connected Experience have, along with EJ Johnson and Shop Talk Podcast and Shop Talk Studios. So. You know, I think it's something that we should. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Not even gonna lie. Yeah, to you. definitely, man. For sure. Man. I'm shocked nobody did. Anybody ever do a listening party like that in the city? Well, actually, remember, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to do the uh, the Jay Jackson, not the I'm sorry, not Jay Jackson, the Jay Prince uh, uh-huh. book listening last year. But we all went over to Collective Studios and uh, did the uh, did the silent listening to a couple of chapters mm. from the audio book and he did, a, he did a question and answer session. And so that silent technology is, is really one of those things that's really changing the way that, uh, that people yeah, interact man. with your content. Definitely was an experience because I felt like it was like you, you, everybody was interacting with each other, but it wasn't like one of the events where, you know, how you go to some of these, these rap shows, man, and people would be performing and it's like nobody's really engaged. Like everybody's just talking to each other. Yeah. They got their phones out, taking selfies, and then which, yeah, it's like. But that that was going on here. But it's like you still was engaged in the conversation. You know, every, like everybody was participating. Everybody was participating. You know, I'm not even gonna lie. I was multitasking, but I was also. Oh, we, we was in that bitch multitasking <laughs> was, for real. That's gonna happen. I was super in tune <laughs> with the content, and it was kind of fun to be texting, like you know, like people like you and a couple of my other friends in the room about about what we were hearing. You yeah, know, in the same room, but through the headphones. Cause it would have looked wild. Like you could have had one ear off, but it looked it would have looked kind of wild. Just like while the conversation is going on, and you everybody just talking loud to each other. Like, oh yeah, I agree with that. Even though that that went on, but like if you far away, you are gonna look kind of crazy. So it's like people, you you know, you seen some people kind of like texting each other, like what, or just you know, just kind of like making hand gestures and everything. But that's what made it so dope. It's like this is how it's supposed to be. Hell yeah! It just it didn't feel like you had the you know what I'm saying? Like, like at, at how they may be at the battles or something, just using that as an example, where you tell the crowd, like, hey, quiet down. It wasn't nothing like that. It was just like everybody was really in tune with the conversations. And shout out to the podcast I participated in my own. Obviously, we didn't be legendary podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Virgil from um, Unsavory Antics. We had What the Fuck Did I Miss podcast. And then, like you say, you had, um, well, of course, Shop Talk and the Connected Experience. Few, Who else? Uh, uh, Call You Back Pod. Yeah, call views from the thing. Shout out to Motor City Oprah and Call You Back Podcast. Hashtag yeah, man. Oh, man, it was hilarious. It was yeah, hilarious. Hey, you know what fucked me up about the Charles H. Right, though? What's that? I've been working there for, like, you know, on and off for events for the last few years. And it's one of my favorite venues. I love how they open their doors to the community. They got all the theater space yeah. and stuff like that. They let the African World Festival come and hold the courtyard down. They, let, a matter of fact, that's where Walk did that shit last night. So shout out to that. But what really trips me out every time is I have no idea where the exhibits are in Charles H. Wright. Ah, uh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. You ever peep that out? Like, just at, cause, I mean, they got certain shit labeled. No, bro, listen. But it's, it's 
the shit downstairs with the ABCs of like slavery or African American yeah. history. The ABCs of slavery. Uh, <laughs> that was a terrible way to put that. I'm sorry. Damn. <laughs> but it's that's what it is. And then it's the gift shop upstairs. Yeah. And then maybe it's like some like some some music trivia like in the hallway. Damn, you're right. But where's an exhibit? Damn, I, I never looked at that like that walking in. I've been there, like, obviously a few times in my life. But, damn, looking at it now, like, as, from an adult perspective, it's kind of like, yeah. There's no exhibit. That do make sense. But you know what, though? That kind of – but so, and so, you know, that's one of my things with Humble Fly, right? Is that right. I'm really into putting performance artists on the same level or recording artists on the same level as a fine artist. And so I think that the Charles H. Wright really lends itself to the performing arts. But I wonder if they ever – thought to to articulate it that way you know what i mean remember i said this as when we left the event that i felt like remember you was like it was just an exhibit though as a display wasn't going to be up there forever but with the uh decipher exhibit Mm -hmm. oh damn that could have stayed up there for a while because technically if you think about it if if i'm not mistaken like you said they got music trivia and i'm pretty sure they got shit that's been there for like years you know what i'm saying like why couldn't it be like that for hip-hop well no clearly the only thing that's been at the dia for years for real is the diego rivera uh, yeah. mural, and that's because that's literally like um, a piece that was a wall. It's like a mural, yeah. and so they they moved it from wherever it was to the DIA as a part. And, of and the to correct myself, because I, I I did flow that in, like I was saying that the the decipher thing was at Charles H. Wright. No, clearly I'm you know the DIA, obviously. But now that I think about it, that would be dope if we can kind of maybe convert that over to Charles H. Right. I don't know. Well, that I mean, be possible. I think that, uh, I mean, I would like to see it somewhere like the MoCat, right. And because, I, mm-hmm. and, so, and that kind of goes back to, you know, trying to figure out exactly what gallery spaces are for. Yeah. Right. Because you got the Charles H. Right, which is, again, is like really super dope for performance art and for trying to right. associate it with that level of, you know, uh, reverence trying to put it on a fine art level but we're talking about decipher traveling somewhere other than the dia which is you know it's you can't even really get no bigger than that it's a world-class institution people come from all over the world to see the dia but if i was gonna move the uh decipher anywhere or if i was gonna remount the show i'd try to get it at mocad or like at cranbrook because mocad Mm. mocad is super dope that's where you know contemporary art goes they got a call show right now but uh, also, just for like educational purposes, you know, Cranbrook might be somewhere where it's super relevant because, believe it or not, a lot of black kids do go to Cranbrook and they come out, you yeah, know, well, yeah. you know, Sway was, you know, <laughs> not Clarence. Yeah, um, well, I was going to say, I was about to be stupid and be like, yeah, and, and uh, Papa Doc. Papa yeah, Doc. His name was Clarence. <laughs> Clarence parents <laughs> had a real good beer. And he later became, well, see, you're not a Marvel head. So that's always been a running joke oh, that he, he became. You know, Clarence, well, Papa Doc ended up becoming Falcon as a part of the Avengers. You know, it's it's not funny to you. It's not. You and, yeah, it's, it, I can't even really make it land as the joke. People that watch the Marvel films will get it. I mean, you know, laugh at my pain, you know. It'll be it'll be funny later, you know. <laughs> like, maybe you watch it like, ah that was, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Do the Spice Adams laugh. Nah. <laughs> that nigga, that nigga means been going up all holiday weekend. Yeah, it's hilarious, man. With the microwaves, <laughs> yeah, that shit was hilarious, dog. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of which, when you were speaking about, um, and this just segues into the next topic about just the performing arts merging with 
the fine arts, as you used to say, like with the galleries and everything, right? Right. So it, it ties into the whole thing with the decipher, you know, exhibit and everything. But Mira, we we talked about this before, obviously going on air, mm-hmm. but about approachability amongst like local artists. Like, how approachable should you be as a known? And I hate to say local artist, but you know you're fairly known in the city like how approachable should you be i, I got a, a way about that you know what i'm saying but how what do you think about it i think that you should always be approachable but like people should know how to approach you and so i think when we were talking about this in pre-production i was uh, telling you that like one of the problems that i have is that sometimes people don't always want to approach me because they don't they don't know that they take things as serious as i take them and so mm. that's a problem for me because, you know, I'm pretty I'm pretty open to work with whoever, but yeah. I, I am really serious about what I do. And so, you know, it works for me in a sense that it keeps the wrong people away. But, you know, I would also like for the right people to feel like they have a chance too. I think that artists end up finding themselves in a situation where people don't take... So I think when you say accessible, what you really mean is that people don't take artists as serious as they would like. And nine times out of 10, that's usually the artist's fault. And so, like I was saying earlier, like people feel funny about approaching me if they feel like they shit not straight. And, you know, like it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of sucks, but it's also a really good quality control mechanism because I ain't never presented myself as somebody who's trying to do something. Ain't nobody going to come at you with the bullshit. They already know. Like yeah. My man seemed like he got his shit together. Yeah, but if, you, if you're if an artist and you say you rap or you do music, like if you say anything other than I'm a recording artist or, you know, I'm a, I'm a musician or I'm an artist, then people don't really know how to peg you. And so you kind of like not you, not you as an individual, but artists in general kind of have to get over like niggas judging them or else niggas yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. take you serious and people and, will and, think and, that and, you like approachable or accessible and, in and the, the wrong way and it kind of adds to my part like not me per se like feeling like oh they're gonna judge me but i can understand it that's what i was saying like it's almost like you know you keep it because you don't you're not just gonna walk around like hey oh look at me i rap you know what i'm saying but why not though niggas, no, no no i'm saying especially if you had a, at a, at a regular gig but why like not a regular though? business Nah, nigga, you work at a post office. You're not about to just run around flinging. I mean, niggas do it. But this, but this saying, is what I'm saying. Like, whenever, every job I've ever had, everybody knew that I could sing, whether they thought I, that I actually could or not. You know what I mean? I'm a nigga singing in between calls. I'm a nigga singing mopping the floor. All oh, kind of God. shit. You know what you I mean? Guy. I was that guy. And it was and it was because it was just like, you know, one, a way to pass the time, but also a reminder to myself that, you know, I had other shit to do. So you was the guy on the bus, always oh, Hell yeah, nigga, I was Tyrese in that <laughs> shit down. <laughs> nigga, what the fuck you thought I was? <laughs> the Neo Soul Pastor speaking, y'all better fuck. fucking recognize. So yeah, like, so it just always, it always has to be like an element of almost being delusional. Because whether people, whether people thought I was serious or not, they knew to take me serious. Yeah, no, right, that makes sense. That That's real. That's real. And I, I always seen it. I've always seen it from my point of view, but hearing it from your, and I don't maybe, maybe because you sing, maybe it's a little different too, though, now that I think about it. No, I mean, I'm with you because you forget that I used to do like slam poetry and stuff too. So anything that had a performance element, I was about it at one time. I, I did theater, I sang, I did slam poetry, and they were all things that I was convinced that I was good at, and they were things that really affected how I moved in my, you know, in my quote unquote nine to five yeah. life or my career life. And so it was always, you know, 
very clear for me. And the, and and to kind of you know clear things up on my part though, let's not get it. I was definitely at my job like slinging the mixtape like, for real, <laughs> like nigga for real, like because the way it worked. Now here's my thing. I like I said, I would never go in just flaunting it. Like I knew what I I knew what I did. I knew what I was good at. Mm. And it's like if you found out, then yeah, I own it. It's like yeah, I do that or whatever. Yeah, but like you, oh, you hear you hear how you talking about it? Like like it's almost something you should be ashamed of. I don't flaunt it or I own it. It's, somebody it finds sounds out. it like, it sounds that way. But dog, I'm telling you, it's completely different when you. I'm telling you, it's different when you rap. Why is it different you, when you rap? Like I'm because if you seen. It's like off top of you seeing number one, the women into it, especially if you can sing. Like if you can sing, the women into it off top. Women, nigga, hey, look, this the killing shit. Women into it, whether you can sing or not, and that's the for real part. <laughs> yeah, I hey, listen, I be thinking about that sometimes. Like, damn, man, if I could, nigga, if I could have sang back in high school or some shit like if that, you, like if you could at least carry a tune, a woman will fuck with you. Cause nigga, we look at certain niggas though, like no, no this, but niggas like Jack Queese, he was like, see, these are the niggas that was in high school that couldn't really sing, but the girls was always telling, them, no, he can sing, yeah. girl. Because then it goes feeling Everybody <laughs> should have the confidence level of a Jack Queese because Jack Queese will take your song and and, and convince everybody yeah, we that still he did it better than you. For fucking up the soul for real things, so the soul for real joint. This nigga but no, was singing. It, this nigga was singing Stevie Wonder, uh, "Knocks Me Off My Feet," and we, you couldn't tell him he wasn't doing his thing. Oh, I see. I, I didn't even know that. That's just wrong. <laughs> I didn't. I don't even want to go listen. I don't want to find. Thought it. He, was, he was. He was in the back of a van, just killing that <laughs> shit. <laughs> but no, like I think that might be the difference. Like, cause when we have this discussion, I think that's what it is. Is it's different, I believe, when you sing. Like when you sing, like you said, whether you can or not, the women gonna be into it. But let people find out you rap. Most of the time, in their mind, they probably already think you're not good. Me, I know I'm dope, so it's like, I go ahead, think I'm not good if you want to, mm. and you about to be proven wrong. But it's like it's so many niggas that rap. It's not a lot of niggas but like, that sing. But why, it is a lot of niggas that sing because <laughs> no, it is. Bro, we from Detroit. Everybody can sing. And so that's and that's all the more reason to not even really well, make know, a I, big deal out of it because I riff a little bit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Everybody riff a little bit in Detroit, nigga. You go to the grocery store, you can create three part harmony across the aisles. Wait, who's doing that? <laughs> what grocery store is this? Nigga, I've all of them. All of them. Nigga, y'all never hear nobody <laughs> singing in the grocery store. And you like you, no. you catch the wave. Well, I'm, and I'm in Kroger a lot. Like, and I've never, and this is to tell you, like, they see me in there, like, oh, I've seen it. I've never seen people just walking around Kroger saying, I'm going to do it. Shit's like a I'm musical, bro. <laughs> I don't know what grocery stores you at. What's on, what's on our topic list? We over here bullshit. Yeah, we are. We really are. We really are. We, 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 hold on, let me see. But yeah, we were basically talking about that with local artist approachability. But to kind of, it, it's funny that we were speaking about that as far as, um, like, yeah, you say, like, you kind of speaking about it as if you're almost ashamed of it. And I'm saying, like, no, you know, but it's just, like, when you rap or whatever. But it kind of spills over into, like, leaning into your purpose, right? And I was reading a uh, devotional about, basically, you got to find what your purpose is. You know what I'm saying? And, and as cliche as that may sound, it's like you really have to find it because it was basically saying, like, how we all are given we all have these gifts, you know what I'm saying, that, we, that we're born with, but it's up to us to kind of, like, find out what they are. And we'll know most of the time if it's something that we're passionate about, then that's our purpose, right? Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? But it's like a lot of people might have something that they're passionate about and they don't lean into it. Well, 
it's one of the things one of the things about like passion and purpose right is that your passion may not always be your purpose and so mm. i learned that from being like oh i'm in the music music is my passion writing is my passion and all of this is my purpose and like you know, those things can be a part of my purpose, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what those things are. It's like those are the trades that I use to deliver my purpose, which I feel like, you know, is helping people establish their business or establish, you know, their name and their legacy. But I do it through writing and I do it through creativity. And so, like, you know, you know, me been reading that book, uh, The Way of the Superior Man, and it's always talking about finding your deepest purpose and so the more yeah. I read the book, the more that I realize that my deepest purpose is to really, you know, to, to use my family life and my creative lifestyle to help the people around me. But that could come through through a lot of different tools. That's deep. That makes sense. Right? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so, I, but but the, the killing party right the, about that is, right? Because y'all know I'm the Neo Soul Pastor. So, <laughs> like, back in 2004. Own it. Own it. <laughs> <laughs> back in 2004, this guy named Rick Warren came out with a book called The Purpose Driven Life. And The Purpose Driven Life is a 40-day devotional that walks you through, you know, discovering your purpose. And the first thing that it tells you is that it's not about you. And so your your first purpose is is servanthood, mm-hmm. serving God and you serving people. And so like that's a re- that's a really good place to start from when you're talking about you know how you want to use these things that you've been blessed with to bless the people around you. Deep, that's dope. So basically, what you're saying is when it boils down to it, your passion and your purpose are two completely different things. They can be because so a lot of people try to confuse passion and purpose and profession and think mm. that that all of those things have to be congruent. And what the reality is, is that you're just super blessed of all of those things, all of those three things flow together. Link together, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm in a blessed position that my passion and my purpose are my profession because I'm a maker and I'm a creator. And so the things that I'm called to do aren't necessarily going to come through the hands of other people, but like through collaboration and understanding and teamwork. And those aren't necessarily things that a job can provide for me right. in a way that, you know, that that my purpose is expected to be manifested. But that might not be true for everybody. Yeah, so it's like, it's, it's damn near like luck when it kind of boiled down to it. No, it's not luck. It's, it's, it's awareness. And so like, like my life would be really different if I would have been convinced that my purpose was to be a singer. Mm. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be able to facilitate writing workshops. I wouldn't yeah. be able to co-produce award shows and oh, shit, what you just did. Events, yeah, I was just about to say. Like, and so, like, you know, like, all of these are things that I've done, like, within the last six months. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be able to book for a podcast. I wouldn't be able to to uh, to plan publicity and brand management for uh, for local artists. And, and it be like happening that. so fast, too. It's like shit just moves it so slow, like, fast. when you behind the mic in that sense you know what i'm saying like that's 
That's deep. That's a deep way I mean, to look at it. I just, I just, a lot of this stuff happened for me as an artist when I was pursuing that. I had beats from Apollo Brown. I had, you know, close relationships with Nick Speed. I was in writing sessions with D. Slade and Idea. I had access to Monica Blair and El Renee. And just like all of these people who are like really at the top of their game and have gone on to do really great things. But, you know, those are some of the things that I look back on is like, if it was really meant for me to be an artist, then I would have done that because the resources were at my disposal. Yeah. That's damn. That's was well, shit. So you just was like, you know what? This is cool over here. Me doing, you know, me singing and whatnot. However, my purpose lies over here with everything that you're doing now. Yeah, I was uh, I was in a in a meeting the other day, and like I have some some really exciting news to announce soon about some uh, about a digital publication that I'm partnering here. with. Announce it now. No, <laughs> but it gotta be finalized first. But one of the things that I was breaking down in the meeting is that, like the teachers, one of the things that people say about them or popular saying is that those who can't do teach, teach yeah. and so one of the reasons that I think that it is is because a person like me, I think about my teaching style and uh, and some of the things that helped me back for being an artist or like a like a, a talent, you know, in the traditional sense, uh, was that I was really affection in the parts that needed improvement. And so, like, I was really comfortable with being preoccupied with those parts uh, rather than, like, being focused yeah. on finishing a body of work. And so that preoccupation is what helps me, you know, help people finish their shit. Hmm. Damn. So you kind of, well, shit. <laughs> I mean, I've, cre I've created director for you, right? Yeah, well, tell you, yeah, for a few projects, actually, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, so, so those experiences and it's effortless too it's like my project you know what i'm saying it'd be yeah. effortless it's i mean it comes off effortless but it comes from a really long a really long history of wanting to create conceptual projects that have storylines and like we're like really big on magnifying the song structure yeah. but also like destroying it on some French shit. And so, because that was always the aptitude that I wanted to have as an artist was to be like a genius and an impresario. And it just so happened that like the, the opportunities to to experience that level of genius, uh, even though I haven't necessarily actualized it yet, you know, I'm pretty confident that it's going to come through brand management and publicity. For damn sure, yeah. Absolutely. And we, man, it's funny because now we were just talking about the uh, Urban Podcast event. Like, the, one of the topics we spoke about, it was um, just, the, you know, the, the pros and cons of, like, streaming. Um, before the show, I remember you telling me, like, I, I hadn't even heard this news, but you had said something about, like, Jay-Z, you know, he possibly going to be selling title or whatever. Like, what's go into that because well, I'm not too familiar with, like, what's going on. But what's your take on that? I mean, I don't know that Jay-Z is going to be selling title, but I'm a fan of a lot of the moves that he made. Mm -hmm. And so last week he put some of his music back onto the other streaming platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so it, that, that stood out to me because it wasn't all of the music and most of it was released to Apple music. I don't know that Spotify got anything. Yeah, it wasn't. I but checked. if you remember a few months ago, 
Spotify and Amazon were like suing to to not change the the songwriter royalty payout. And Tidal and Apple Music were the only ones who were like solid with the artists. Right. And so it's really telling that the main two people who or the main two streaming companies that have been, you know, feuding with each other for the last few years as far as directly because we know that Spotify got all the labels in bed with them and Apple and Tidal are disruptors, right? right? And so they're direct competition in a stricter sense than like Spotify versus the rest of them. And but for them to be on this on the same side of history as far as songwriter royalties and how they pay out, that could mean that it's some business for them to do with each other down the line, right? Right, exactly. And so we look at stuff like Apple closing down the iTunes store and Jay Z also like so so another thing that happened last week, right, was the the staff at Rock Nation was changed up and I believe maybe, you know, some 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 things were changed that title. And so it gives off the appearance that Jay Z may want to sell title. Right. Which I've been speculating he's gonna do and because I can, I can see that happening. The, right? Most so most of the content is sponsored by Sprint and Boost because that's where a lot of those free and complimentary memberships come from. I wonder why that shit is doing that. As now I'm hearing the echo you was talking about. I'm like, why is it doing yeah. that? Like, I mean, I'm, it's I'm trying right. to we'll get around it. it. But I'm like, I was like, I'm like, just let them, just go ahead and cook. That just, it was weird as fuck to me. I don't know if they would be weird, but it was just so weird. I'm like, why is it doing that? This nigga is a cyborg. <laughs> it's, it's weird as fuck. But just to kind of like wrap up the Jay Z point, right? Like, I think what's gonna happen is either he's gonna sell title to a big telecommunications company. Or he's gonna like merge with somebody and allow title to be acquired while he still sits on like an executive yeah, board. I can which see I that. Can see happening with Sprint because that's the main mobile communication company that they've been in, you know, in business with. Or I could see them and Sprint like putting money into a new venture that specializes in mobile entertainment content that competes with like netflix and apple music and i think that's what's gonna happen i think that rock nation and title are gonna streamline their services to create a new entity that should be wild man it's streaming it's a streaming war going on man i mean it's a it's a streaming war but it's bigger than streaming because we all know that streaming is about ownership and the only thing that streaming represents as far as ownership is intellectual property you know what i mean the license or the right to 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 have access to something you know that shit we was talking about with data but that's that's another story you know I mean, it's, I mean, not not just data. I mean, because everything is data or data. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, the, the conversation that we're having right now is technically data that's going to be stored onto, you know, an Anchor server that's going to be accessible to Anchor and their investors or whoever has, you know, access to that, to that outside of the organization or in conjunction with yeah. it. It's like, so it's not just about data. It's not just about owners ownership of the the song itself, but being able to exercise the right to make it as profitable, exactly. you know, to its maximum capacity. And remember how we was talking about before 
with you know the artists really pushing like for to getting so many streams and, and so many you know as far as sales and everything but it was like at the end of the day you need to be trying to build that i don't want to say clientele but that that database of like people that is that's rocking with your shit because that data is worth more you know what i'm saying than, than the actual i mean data is worth a lot but data is more than an email you know what I mean? Because people get over on like passing off a junk email all the time. Oh yeah, for sure. And everybody said they rock with Tidal or Apple Music or Spotify. But everybody is really getting over on just switching out these emails when these free trials is over. And so what does that tell you? They they using the data for something other than what it actually represents. Yeah. They're using it for, to inflate I and to make themselves appease into investors. Man, I done seen mad emails that then came through like uh I would say like Bandcamp. Like if you uh if they download <laughs> your music or whatever, you'll get like the email that's letting you know somebody downloaded or whatever or purchased the music. You look at the email like like please don't man. email me at gmail.com. It's like, man, like that, that is not an email that you use. Like, get out of here, fam. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, any, anytime like, somebody pass off their iCloud email, like that's that's their junk email. Yeah, it's like nobody really actually used their iCloud like that for sure. Like that's, yeah, you know, and so streaming streaming is a marketing avenue, just like social media is. And so, what artists need to orient themselves around is really building their own infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And so, it used to be physical product, but now it's you know merchandise and apparel. Yep. And so, like you could use social media, and you can use. Uh, streaming platforms to market that content and the merchandise associated with it but other than that you, like it's a it's a super passive very small stream of income yep. until you get it performing you know at an expected level man this kind of, man i'm telling you man this is shit that i could talk about for like days <laughs> man because be it's so much like to it and it's Man, it's man, that's why it'd be hard for me to write because I was thinking about the, the deeper end of shit. Like, man, I don't feel like creating right now. I'm trying to figure this shit out. But, like, but that'd be the thing, right? Like, everybody <laughs> everybody want to be a mogul, and that's not everybody's shit. Somebody it's not. Need to, right. If we going back to like purpose and passion and shit, like, just because Diddy did some shit, don't mean that you got to do it. Man, but that, because... that's why I tell people, though. Like, and I told you, Mira, I was like, man, with Leading Me Legendary, like, that's not, it's not set out to be a label, like, at all. It's funny because it's a flip, it's a play on that. Well, you know, but, I disagree with that. I don't well, know because me, well, no, 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 <laughs> we we can we can rip on it for a minute, but it's it's because, like I say, man, when you, I'm not the guy. It, it does. It's called lead and be legendary. Like that whole that boss mentality. Oh, I'm a boss. Like all that shit. That's that's not me, man. Because like I'm not the guy that's about to bark out orders and none of that stuff. It's like. I I am here to like take. But that's not what being a boss is. No, that's what I be saying. Like, why wouldn't you just adapt that? Like, you you have a label that's called lead and be legendary, but then you say you're not a leader. No, no, no. You miss what I'm saying. You see, you ain't let me complete what I was saying. You you know, it take me a minute to flesh it out sometimes. Oh, you gotta hurry up. But (laughs) niggas, niggas sleepy. Like I'm sleepy. Holiday, nigga. I've been drinking all day. It's the holiday. (laughs) Like my thoughts ain't really. I ain't trying to process it. (laughs) But no, like I. I wouldn't want to, like, if it's small, boutique, yeah, but I don't have the vision of just, like, running some uh, bad boy, you know what I'm saying, or just shit like that, because uh-huh. that means now I'm responsible for other people. And I but this is the thing, though. Bad boy, 
how many how many artists the bad boy have? Uh, shit, what they have? Like he, at a time, yeah, a lot. Not, not over the course of the history, but at a, a lot time. at a time. No, they didn't. Why you know why? Lil Kim was never officially signed. Was. Bad That's boy. True. I don't. I don't think that Faith Evans was. I think it might have been like a production, you know, vanity type of thing. Yeah. But her deal was with somebody else. And so Puffy was basically, basically, Puffy took a small business and made it big as fuck. He made it larger than life. Because when you think about it, the only acts that he had signed was Biggie, Craig Mack, Junior Mafia. And that was the first generation of Bad Boy, right? I don't even know if Junior Mafia was signed. I could be wrong. Maybe somebody can correct us on that. But I, don't I even think know Junior Mafia, honestly, might have been signed directly to Atlantic. And Bad Thank Boy you. was just the production entity that handled the, you know, the administration. Yeah. It go deep, man. I don't know. I don't like, but who know? Who's to say like how I may feel within a year from who or hell months? But I just know in my head, I say, oh, that whole label infrastructure, man. Like, cause not nah, you don't even. Ain't no such thing as a label. I mean, it ain't no such thing as a label. But then they also being reborn because everybody's following the Rock Nation model, where they yeah. want to add, you know, management that has right, you know, appendages as services that that the labels would normally provide, and so. Honestly, and in full transparency, that's the exact model for uh for humble fly, uh, but with the with the explicit intention of creating partnerships and autonomy for the artists that we partner with. See, what what, what is leading me legendary need to be a label for? We got humble fly. <laughs> I mean, but you know, you trying to get me to start some shit so you can rival me? I see what no, this is. So, you know. you always, you always no. to be a competition because we, no, no, we no, know that, that's the dope shit too. Exactly, that's the dope shit about it though. Like that's that's really the dope shit. It's not no uh, it's not no Suge Knight at the Source Awards. You know? What I'm yeah, saying? no, <laughs> man. So no, I got a, I got a lot of love for people who do the same thing that I do and just or maybe like super make it similar better. things. So like like we are culture creators, fashion, yeah. music, culture, one shot radio. You know what I mean? Like um, a filthy Rockwell and a filthy Americans movement, man. Like. Everybody, it's, it's a really dope time to be a creative in Detroit because Hell everybody's yeah. on the same wavelength and everybody's about doing a part to help the, the greater whole. Exactly. That's some real shit. Yeah, and man. on that note, www. I be feel like I'm at an extra W. <laughs> Leadingbelegendary.net. I be really feeling like, like I, did I say four W's, but leadingbelegendary.net, all things label. Name tag Alexander.com. Go stream and download the single. And either or, whichever, you know how y'all is. Oh, I don't want to download. I don't got space on my phone. Whatever. Stream it. Name tag Alexander.com. Work, win, repeat. Shout out to Junie. Shout out to Black Beethoven. Again, Urban Podcast Month. Successful event. Shout out to Shop Talk Podcast and the Connected Experience and Humble Fly. Tell them where they can find you at D. So uh, I'm Art Dealer Dean. And so I manage the Humble Fly account on Instagram. You can find me at H U M B L E S L E I. I spell that shit like the French. Why don't you spell uh, it like Usher on the uh, <laughs> U S? <laughs> <laughs>
That's my holiday vibe, man. <laughs> Memorial Day type shit. But uh, hey. also, I've been kind of doing my thing on Twitter lately. So that's just art. Man, Taylor definitely. All one <laughs> definitely. Just, you know, haggling everybody and letting my followers up. So. Yeah, I gotta get on there more though because I yeah I be seeing you on there I said I gotta get on here more man because he be on here just going like oh somebody responding this man yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I was definitely talking to myself we'll respond to him because I see him like responding shit that we'll be saying <laughs> shout out to Will catch him like Will just don't be standing in the back I'm like all right Will is not trying to talk to him like that like you know, look bro like, who is this man I'm like man respond I'm just retweeted like respond to him but you know I get it. <laughs> nah, Twitter is something else, man. <laughs> hey, man, we feel it's the holiday, man. On that note, we out. Peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The champ is here, the champ is here I cross the line onto the other side of fear Yeah, I'm shining bright, my inner guided light It's ultraviolet, could cause blinded sight Uh, behind the mic uh, I am like Iron Mike From the free throw line, flying Mike Like a private flight, my head above the clouds If you ain't Bob Grove, you will say I dumbed it down Bars for bullets, not one dummy round Nah, show you how to do this Spit a haiku for Lil Ryu you Hadoukens Language of confidence, I speak it fluent Can't be no teacher if you ain't no student You in the bleachers while we out here shooting Who us, true us, work from the sun up To dust, tag That champ life, yeah, gon' show you what a champ like Uh, damn right, we gon' shine on Bet you ain't gon' block a champ's light Nah, that champ like, yeah, gon' show you what a champ like, uh, damn right, we gon' shine on, bet you ain't gon' block a champ's life, that's why we gon' work, win, repeat, again, work, win, repeat, again, work, win, repeat, again, work, win, repeat, say we gon' work, win, repeat, again, work, win, repeat, again, work, win, repeat, again, work, win, repeat, you feel me, you feel it or not, a walk in the forest is more than important when human and nature collide. Pardon me, hoping, but pardon me, open when nothing was working and Juni was choking. And I wasn't feeling the wave of the motion. When darker was better, the moment was golden. The body was focused, the secret unfolded. I stepped up, never stepped out, never spoke up, but still left out. I was under sea when I finally got to swim out. I was in between, hidden in between. Everything you seen was a lie. I would never let die, but the world is a leech. And they love when I bleed. I would never leave. I would never need nothing from you. I would never need much time to recoup. June. June, 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 June. That champ life, yeah, gon' show you what a champ like, uh, damn right, we gon' shine on, bet you ain't gon' block a champ's light, nah, that champ life, yeah, gon' show you what a champ like, uh, damn right, we gon' shine on, bet you ain't gon' block a champ's light, that's why we gon' work, win, repeat, again, work, win, repeat, again, work, win, repeat, again, work, win, repeat, say we gon' work, win, repeat, again, work, win, repeat, again, work, win, repeat, again, work, win, repeat, again, work,